are you again? I'm in Detroit, so I'm right. really close to, to Windsor. So if I go downtown Detroit, I can see Windsor from across the river. Right, I remember now. Okay, so we'll get – can you hear me pretty good? Yep. Awesome. So this is the Dr. Vincent Buscemi podcast, and I have a very exciting guest. Norm and I say Ferguson, right? Yes. Practicing dentist in Nova Scotia, Canada. Yes. Absolutely. And this is what blew my mind. You're in a time zone I never knew existed. <laughs> Do you feel stuck on the financial hamster wheel? You keep paying on your debts like mortgages, car notes, student and business loans, but they never seem to disappear. My name is Dr. Howard Polanski, former dentist, now founder of Cashflow Coach USA. I guide families and business owners through a simple system to dramatically reduce your payment towards debt. You keep your same lifestyle and keep more money each month. A recent client will pay off their house in just seven months instead of the anticipated 20 years. Free 10-minute discovery call will determine if I can help you too. Go to CashflowCoachUSA.com. Scan the QR code or call 512-608-1020 to find financial freedom faster. Are you tired of using ineffective cosmetics and personal care products filled with harmful chemicals? Meet Ancestral Cosmetics and our range of highly effective products rooted in ancestral wisdom and made with edible ingredients such as beef tallow, olive oil, and raw local honey. Check out our best-selling tallow and honey balm for soft and smooth skin or our revolutionary tooth powder made from eggshells for effective teeth cleaning and whitening without any toxic ingredients. Free US shipping for orders over $50 and you can shop now at ancestralcosmetics.com. I had no idea that there was an Atlantic time zone, which is one hour ahead of Eastern time zone. Yes. So, yeah. A lot of people don't, so I just I just talk in Eastern time zone for a lot of people. That seems to be the the, the main one that everybody understands. I don't think there's, there's no part of America in Atlantic time zone, right? It's just a small sliver of Canada. Great, I don't. Yeah, that's a great point. I don't think there is any of America in that. Okay, so give me your backstory. You're a dentist. You're down to part time. You're two days a week. Yes, and you have a passion. Like I have a passion for developing other people towards their potential. Mm. What sparked what spark that? Um, I think that's that's just part that's just part of me. I think that's part of my personality and my values and my desires. And but I don't think I really knew that. Being, like I've been a dentist for twenty three years, so you go to dental school, you're in dentistry, you focus on dentistry, and um, that I guess that had to be my focus. You know, you don't practice for a bit and you have to make money. And it wasn't until things started to really kind of become really difficult for me as a dentist. Um, I, uh, I'm an associate right now and I owned my practice for about 10 years in the early going, but things were really tough for me. And I think it's a combination of me just not being wired for that type of position owning a dental practice and you know going through some depression and anxiety and then adding to that like getting married and having children and and probably have some aspects of ADHD and you put all that together and things just don't line up and then I eventually hit a big wall crash burn burnout 
stoked. It was, it was not fun. And in deciding to sell my practice, Vince, like that was a tough decision. I mean, it's a, I don't hear too many people who buy a practice early on and then just sell it and go back to associating. I'm sure they're out there, but I don't hear those stories too much. So it was a little humbling, maybe a little bit hurt the pride a little bit, but doing that, it was the right move. And in doing that, it freed up my mind and my soul, I guess, to, uh, you know, what I really like is I like teaching and speaking and reading and growing. And, and I've learned, I've learned about what coaching is. And when I learned that, I was like, ah, this is, this is the zone I want to be in coaching, personal development, connecting with people. So that that's, that's the 35,000 foot view. Bring me back to one of the first things you just said. You said you don't think you're wired to own a practice. Mm. And I've heard that from a lot of, I think we're very similar to a lot of dentists like us. What do you mean by that? You're not wired to own a practice. I've, I've kind of come up with that myself and I think it's about starting to realize, I think it's a personality thing that, and I think it's perhaps an ADHD, just the way my, my brain works and doesn't work, trying to organize and run a practice and put people in the right places and bringing people in. I understand the concepts of that, like leadership and growth and community. Like I'm, I, I understand that, but my inner mechanisms don't make that easy for me. And I had to accept that because I like to think, you know, I can do anything. I, you know, I'm smart. I got through dental school, right? I did a math degree and, but there are parts of me. And I think, I think we all have parts of us that we have to get to know and what our strengths and weaknesses are. And I just had to think I'm not wired to run a dental business easily and effectively. Maybe I could do it if I put up, if I kept going, but what I was going to sacrifice as a result, like my sanity, my happiness, my family, like it just wasn't going to go smoothly. So I think it's a personality thing and a natural strength and weakness thing. Can you give me a specific example of one of the things you really struggled with where you're like, I'm just not suited for this type of ownership or this type of skill set. Mm. A couple examples was when I had when we had to hire a different receptionist or front desk business person, and I hired a great person, personality, great positive positivity, but me being able to put the the pieces in place to help train her, for instance. And it was just made me realize, oh my gosh, she has to know this, but even I don't know this or do And then all of a sudden having to figure out how to effectively train her. That, that's a very simple, and maybe some people are looking at this and listening to this and saying, what, how, how could you not figure that out? But it was very difficult for me, but it was a realization that that was just the tip of the iceberg of what's gonna be required to run this practice successfully. The other thing was I started to, I was struggling and I started to a point where I was like, I hate dentistry. And even now I can't say I love it, but there was a point where I was like, okay, what, what would I like? 
And I started doing, I went down to Florida and did some Dawson Academy training, which talks about comprehensive to complete dentistry and focusing on TMJ and building occlusion up that way. Now that I loved, like I can say that I loved that. And so I was so excited. I was like, yes, I found a part of dentistry that I like, but you have to take that back and implement that. It requires many systems, many training. And again, that's where my, my thinking kind of had a hard time. Like I have a, I have a hard time. I had a hard time balancing all that and not taking the stress of it home and not feeling exhausted and add on that depression and anxiety um, was really tough. So those are a couple of examples. What was the breaking point where you were like saying to yourself, Norm, let's sell this because if we mm -hmm. don't, it's going to go downhill much quicker. Well, it was, yeah, the business side of things. I mean, it was, it was more personal than it was financial. So I think if I kept going, I was just not going to have the energy to keep it afloat financially. Um, but the breaking point was it must, it had to, I think it was like just breaking down, I guess, emotionally and feeling suicidal and not knowing what the hell was going on. I remember my, I remember I was, it was it's so, it's so bizarre. We were, I was putting together a ping pong table. I was like, this, yeah, putting together a ping pong table, following instructions, doing that. I don't even know what it was and something trick. I just broke down. I cried building a ping pong table and my wife and I were talking and it got to a point where she's like, you know, you have to sell this. This is, this is killing you. Like, um, so that was, that comes to mind. Yeah. Suicide thoughts and ping pong tables, but I, I but I'm in a million times better place now. I'm very healthy. I'm happy. I'm very grateful. So anybody listening to this and who relates to that in some way, it's, it's, you can get out of that. Um, you can do it. Well, you're definitely not alone. I mean, dentists and doctors in America, maybe Canada's the same thing, hit such high rates of suicide mm -hmm. or suicide ideation. Cause not only are you working on people, the business stress, everything is just like water that's rising and just, you can't get above it. So after you sold the practice, what were some of the steps you started to take to become the happy, confident person you are now? Yeah. First of all, when I sold it, when it finally sold, oh my God, the, the feeling of relief was unbelievable. <laughs> like as if like it wasn't shame or did I do the right thing? It was like, I did the right thing. So I'd always had, you know, so what worked? Well, I, I'd be just getting that off my mind. And I was seeing therapists for, you know, depression and, and all that stuff. But once I sold the practice, that automatically made things better. It's like then discussions and counseling and exercising and meditating, all the personal growth stuff that I kind of dabbled with, it started to take off. The, sometimes, I realized that there are some things um, in me that was just weighing me down that it was hard to accept. And a big part of that was 
the dental practice. And once I got rid of that, th things just started going, the therapy started working better. My exercise was more consistent. My family was better. My time at home was better. Um, and I switched to associating. Um, I started out just a couple days a week and then I eventually went back up to part-time, or I'm sorry, full-time shortly after that, but I was much healthier. I was focusing on, I was able to focus on things that I wanted to without the stress of the business or, you know, um, I started focusing on implants, learning to restore and surgically place implants. And I was like actually starting to feel okay about dentistry. So it sounds like when you would leave work and you own the place, what you thought about was the business side. You weren't thinking about clinical stuff that stressed you out. No, like very little clinical stuff. Okay. Me. That's so funny because I'm the opposite. Is that I, right? go I go home and I think like, did I do the best job I could? And maybe I'm so ignorant on the business side. I don't worry about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so like you sell this practice, just give me a couple more specific, like what is your brain telling you right when this practice sold like freedom? Or yes. what, what are you letting go of? Or what, what are you actually going through? Yeah, it's, it was, it was, oh, it was free. Like it was total freedom, man. Like, I can't even, I, I it, it was just, it's like I had a huge gorilla on my back for 10 years. And I, I kind of thought he was there, but I wasn't sure if he was there. And then he finally left. It, I, I, it was just, hmm. It was in such a low place, Vince, like emotionally, mentally, and the, the dental practice was just feeding that depression and unhappiness. And so I, it's really hard. It was just freedom. I mean, I remember when I graduated from dental school and that feeling of graduating that day of graduation was like, oh my God, it's over. It felt so good. And it it is kind of like that. It felt like freedom. But this was like a hundred times more than that. Just a relief, like I can be me more. Because no longer is your time outside being stolen from stuff you did during the day, uh, which, exactly. is, which is like true freedom. Did you yes. associate at the place you sold or did you go somewhere else? I associated with um, the new owner who bought my practice, had, had bought a few practices. So I worked at a couple different practices uh, of theirs. Was it a hit to your ego a little bit to walk back in a place and no longer be the boss? Hmm. No, I wouldn't say so because, because he kind of um, dissolved where I work and he, and he moved it elsewhere. So I was in a different building, only working with one or two of my Staffs. No, it w it wasn't an ego shift at all or ego problem at all because I was just like, you know what? I don't care. I, I just felt like this was so, so much better for me. I, I, yeah, my ego took a backseat. This is such an important point, Norm. I want to point out when I was in school and I've been out for a decade now, all I'm really taught or my generation that ownership is freedom. But what's important here is that freedom is basically like freedom of your mind. Like you decided not to be an owner 
and you felt more free. So the associates that are listening to this, it's important to take Norm's advice and you don't have to own. Owning doesn't mean you're gonna have a happier life. In your case, it was the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have a dramatic decrease in your income from turning to an associate? I would say no, no, I didn't. And my wife said in times like it was actually probably got better because and she's an accountant. So she'd help me out with the books and the numbers. And uh, like, dude, I was so, I was so, <laughs> I was just so unhappy and done. Like I could not perform. So my income in my business was, was, was starting to suffer. So when I took that yeah. off, I, my, my associate income went up and you know what, like you were talking about freedom. You're right. Like I hear things too. It's like, Oh, you got to own. It's a, it's, it's freedom. It's better. And you know what? It, it probably is for a lot of people. I think the key point for me is that, and I say that I'm not wired for it is that you have to know yourself. Like, yeah, you have to know yourself. We're all different people associating might be for you. It might not be. And you have to know your own freedom. What's your own freedom? And you have to get out of your own way and not, oh, well, this is what the industry says I have to do, or this is what society said. You can't, it will freaking burn you out. <laughs> I, um, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I, I, I'm thinking I'm in a min minority for people that maybe really don't want to own a practice. I don't know. But the bottom line is know your, know yourself and know what your own freedom is. That may sound a little mystical and airy fairy kind of thing, but it, it's really true. And if you don't kind of realize that it, it, it can bite you in the, in the butt in 10, 15 years. So just know yourself. How does one come to know themselves? Hmm. Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, for that could, it takes slowing down to having moments, having time where you're not just running around and checking all the boxes of your day. You have to take some time for some people. That's just spending time with themselves, going for a walk. Some people that's therapy. Some people that's getting a coach. Some people that's just reading or, or talking with people. It's, it, it doesn't necessarily happen. Just checking off boxes every day. I got to get this done. Got to get this done. You have to pause and be okay with being with yourself. Like you have to do some work and being okay with what you find. So what was the work you did? I know you said you were in therapy. You're, hmm. all, you're all about personal development, but what were some of the catalysts to help you find out who you were? Um, well, I think having a therapist ongoing for certain throughout, that certainly didn't hurt. I think its effectiveness was diluted again by the fact that I was in a situation that was just killing me, like sucking my energy and soul. So what does it take? I think it takes talking with someone, could be therapy, could be coach, could be a mentor, could be best friend, whatever. Um, and what was the catalyst? I think, is that what you asked Vince? What was the catalyst? Yeah. Where are you going to find yourself? When I got rid of the practice, when I sold the practice, it freed some things and I was able to see again, the things that I liked. 
I like to act. I like to play music. I like personal development. I like reading. So for me, it was like, huh. So it was selling the practice. And then a few years later, I decided to, you know what? I think I'd like to learn how to speak. And so I went to some training in the States. A lot of people may be familiar with John Maxwell. He's an author, speaker, trainer, leadership guru. He's great. And he puts on some training with his mentor or people in his team to teach people to be coaches and speakers and trainers. And so I went down there thinking, I want to learn how to speak. He's a good speaker. Without going down that road too much right now, like basically it was getting rid of something that did not serve me emotionally, spiritually, and, and then seeing something that might interest me and jumping into that and realizing I loved it. So getting out of a negative situation and starting to pursue something a little positive, those were the big catalysts for me. It sounds like you need to give yourself some permission for some trial and error. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. And when, yeah. And I felt like I, I had the freedom to do that later on. I can't imagine how you're feeling. Like you sell your practice and you're flying down to where was the Maxwell Maxwell training? Was that, that was Florida? down in, in Florida. Yeah, it was great. Um, okay. and, I, and I was associating and again, I, I was okay and learned how to coach and started doing a coaching business. And it's great. It, it, it's great. It's like, it's giving it, like you said, giving yourself, did you say giving yourself permission for trial? It's giving yourself permission for a lot of things actually to just be, you know, it's okay that I don't want to practice. It's okay that I want to do this instead. It's okay that, you know, did I, you know, I failed at the practice or it, it's okay. You give yourself permission for a lot of things. Give yourself grace, be gentle. It's a big thing. So you've air quotes, failed at the practice, <laughs> but improve the quality of your life. Right, right. Which needs to be emphasized here because if you fail at one thing, but your life improves, overall you're winning. Abs- yes, that's a good point. Winning way more than I lost or failed. Yeah. At the end of your life, you're not going to regret not owning a practice longer. You're going to regret being depressed until you were 80 than dying of a heart attack. Right, right, right. And it's so, and those kind of things almost sound cliche. Like, like my wife would say that, or friends would say that, or my therapist would say that, or, um, you know, you don't want to burn out and live your life like this till you're 80. But when you're in it, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to own this practice. I own it now. I have to, I have to do it. Like you don't hear that common sense. They just become, oh, that's just cliche. They don't get what I'm talking about. They don't understand. Um, but man, if once you get that grill off of that, what's that? It's not cliche. It is oh, not. Oh my it's, gosh. It is not. And a lot of the things we think are cliche are cliche for a reason. I air quote a lot. Um, they, they, they're cliche for a reason. There's probably some, a lot of truth in them. Have you seen the movie Office Space? Oh, years ago I did. That should be reco- – if you're depressed at work, just yeah. watch that movie. Okay. You'll need courage to leave. Right on. <laughs> I forget it. It was very – it was funny though. So tell me more about the coaching business now. Who are your clients? My clients I, – I aim – the clients I seem to have are – I, I, I work with dentists mostly, not all dentists. Some other people reach out to me too. 
But I like to work with dentists who are starting to who are starting to want life, work-life balance. They need some. They feel like I need something better. I need something more. Um, um, it may be somebody who's an associate and says, "This is this is not for me. I need to, I need to become a, an owner." So, and not so much in the specifics of consulting. Of these are the numbers you have to hit, and this, you know what I mean. Not not those tangible so much, but helping somebody realize what they want, help them dig down deep, find out, and, and me ask them questions, maybe to things that they've never even thought of before that help them move forward. And there's a big accountability piece. Um, I love it because I, it's a client centered, I like to call it pure coaching. Um, and I think it's what, like they, there's an organization, ICF, uh, ICF, um, trained coaches and uh, Maxwell coaches. It's about, it's not a coach doesn't tell you what to do. A coach, a true coach assumes you have the answers. I'm going to help you dig them out and help you make your path. And I'm going to be your co-pilot. I'm going to sit there with you and, and watch you succeed and fail and grow and ups and downs and we'll get you there. And I love the aspect. Like it, I don't have to be an expert in whatever they do. Um, I just have to be an expert in the, in the process of coaching and help them figure themselves out. And it's so fun for lack of a better word to see people, the light bulb come on and to see, start to see some success. Yeah. There's something special about a coach or a therapist or friend that could ask you a certain question that the answer is in your brain and then you almost elucidate the point with them. Let's say I'm struggling with a problem. You ask like the perfect question mm. and I answer it. So you said you don't have to be the expert to it, but you have to be an, like almost like a sniper in terms of finding the exact question that brings out the best in that person. Have you always been good in conversation, a good communicator? Wow, that's a great question. I've been always very good at and I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just very personable and outgoing. I'm kind of silly. I'm, I'm, I'm good like that. Um, if I had to step on stage and fake something, if they, you know, I could probably do it and I get along with people. The communicating aspect takes is a little deeper. Like it having that, those natural strengths, I guess, has made it easier for me to build on the other things like listening, being, really listening to someone being intuitive and when that just trusting okay this question that comes up me asking it and it being the right question i guess so i i i have a lot to learn i'm always getting better at, at it but i think there are some natural things about me that make it a little easier if that makes sense you have a certain calmness about you genuineness where if I came to you with a problem, mm -hmm. I would feel comfortable telling you the problem and I wouldn't feel judged as a bad person. Wow. I appreciate that. I, and I'm glad that I come off like that because that's how I like, I think that's who I am. Yeah. I think that's why you are probably still successful with patient interactions. Cause I know these patients that come to you feel very safe and that just has to trickle into coaching as well. Yeah, 
and the, the best part about dentistry for me is is the patients like every 50 minutes or so I, I get to meet somebody different and a different interaction different energy and interacting with staff like so it it yeah and, and maybe that is why i like and i'm doing well with coaching is that i just like i like people and if you like your patients if you like it, it, it's it makes it well it's nice to like your patients and to i just love the interaction it can be so funny it can be very depressing it could be it, it's all over the board and it's funny my mom was a nurse and we we still if i have patient stories or situations like i don't reveal names of course but she understands because she dealt with that and it's just a fun it's fun to talk with somebody who gets that oh my i'm promise you doctors sit around tables yeah they, they say the names they don't give a shit, and they, they swap stories oh, <laughs> I, I, I guarantee that happens everywhere <laughs> it's great so what are or what would, what are some of the most common problems or concerns people come to you with? Let me think on that. I think a very common thread is, is people knowing what they, they eventually know what they want and know what they, and know what they need to do. They figure that out. And it's the discipline and the consistency that is, is what most people are, are challenged with. You know, breaking in a new habit that is gonna serve them. That is what I'd say is the common thread. What do people come to me with? Like, like they don't necessarily come to me with that. That's usually what develops with most people, but what do people come to me about? Um, it could be like a somebody will say, I'm in a rut. I'm just doing, I'm an associate. I'm in a rut. I don't know where I'm going. I'm doing the same thing. These owners don't listen to me. I don't know. I, I want to own a practice. What do I, what do I do? They're telling me I'm not doing things right. I'm in a rut. I, I got to do something. So somebody like that, they, they may not even necessarily, they just feel like crap and they don't, and they got to do something. So I have people that come to me like that. I have people that come to me about, they're just so, they're, they, they remind me of me when I had my practice. And some of those people, you know, they're just so down, they're overwhelmed. They're not taking care of themselves. They're, they're just, they're, you know, and, and we talk and I may say to them that you may, coaching may be for you later, but I think right now you really need to see somebody else like therapy or something. And then they maybe eventually come back to me or people are okay emotionally and they just need to, you know, take some action, have some courage and, and get themselves out of this unbalanced situation at work. And we move forward. Those are a couple different situations, people in a rut or people just overwhelmed and out of balance between life and work. Do you ever give guidance on like the basics, like sleep, nutrition, exercise? That's a great question. Um, those are all, those are very important. And, and it's a tricky spot because as a, I like to adhere to the ethics and the kind of philosophy of coaching of, I don't like to, I like them to do 90% of the talking. Um, I try not to give advice 
or point out those things. Uh, if it's if I if they don't seem to come around to it themselves, I'm I would always ask permission. I'll say, listen, do you mind if I step out of the coaching role for a second just to kind of maybe I can share what has worked for me? And they may say, yeah, that's fine. And the reason I ask for permission because I want I want it to be all about them. They're in a zone with themselves and learning. And if all it just you know what it's like if you're in a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden they start talking about themselves and that like you kind of lose interest or you kind of lose, I don't know, you don't feel they don't really want to listen to me. So I always ask permission. And if they, if they grant that permission, I'll take 30 seconds to a minute to maybe talk about, yes, yeah, sleep, nutrition, exercise. Have you thought about this? Cause this has worked for me. Um, that's how I would handle that. I didn't know this is going to sound ignorant. There was like an ethical, framework for coaching in terms of you don't like to give advice right i thought mm -hmm. the difference between coaching and like licensed therapy mm -hmm. was that coaching gives advice and licensed therapy just like listens and asks you about your mother i didn't know that so you're all about just listening and asking questions that they can answer that's it. You try not to give advice at all. That's that's right. It's about wow. the, the okay. magic is in when somebody can figure out an answer for themselves. It it sticks and it's much more meaningful than if someone is telling you that. That's where that's coaching is it's amazing when you see that happen and you realize what happens in that. Like yeah, therapist, the difference is like a therapist, you talk a lot about the past and you talk a lot about emotions and how, you know, and, and how so it's a lot of past. It's a lot of emotions. Coaching is about now and moving forward. We do talk about emotions and some stuff like that, but it's usually just for context about how moving forward. A mentor is somebody who uh, would help you out. Like, for instance, if I was mentoring you in dentistry, it would be me telling you what what worked for me related to dentistry and me suggesting to you what worked for me in dentistry. Like you're I'm giving you advice. I'm giving you ideas about dentistry. Take them, take them for what you will. So mentoring is a lot about giving advice and telling what works in a specific frame. Coaching. I could coach somebody who's an engineer, an astronaut, a, you know, a 16 year old high school student, you don't have to be an expert in those things. A mentor is typically going to be somebody that knows about the area that you're wanting to learn in. And a consultant would be somebody who, you know, consultant comes in maybe to your practice and says, listen, you want to get this up and running? These are the systems you got to put in place. We will get you to that point. So we'll make sure like get going on doing this and this and this and this coaching's like, no, no, you know the answers. I'm going to help pull them out of you. And if somebody gets really stuck, that's where I could. I may ask to step out of the coaching role, like we were saying, like sleep, exercise, and give suggestions. But it's amazing, Vince. Like when you give somebody the the floor to talk and to find their own answers. Like nobody. It's a very unique situation. Like who sits down with somebody and they ask them questions and and listen to them a hundred percent. Like. It, it's it's a it, it can be magic 
Well, 2,000 years ago, they killed Socrates because he asked too many questions. Right, yes. You're doing exactly that. You are just – I'm a little bit shocked right now. I've been going this – the past, I've had this podcast for two years, and I've interviewed a lot of coaches, and no coach has ever told me they don't give advice. But that's so important for my audience to know because they're probably thinking, I don't want to go to Norm just for advice. But Norm's not going to just give you advice. He's going to actually help you work through it with your own thoughts, your own experience to get to your own conclusions. That's yeah. vital to know. That, a lot of people, and you know what? There's a lot of, there's, there's so many people out there who are calling themselves coaches and they're not coaches by that definition. If, if somebody's giving you advice and telling you what to do, they're not a pure coach. They're, and they may be really good at what they do. I mean, maybe they're more of a mentor. Um, but um, so it, it's got, it, 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 it's different. If you have somebody who's just letting you work through it, and that coach is really paying attention, pulling it out. That's that's a whole different animal. Wow. What do you call somebody that gives you unsolicited, terrible advice? Is that that's called your in-laws, or is that something? Like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and then you you have to yeah, that's tough. And then you have to kind of find ways to separate yourself. There's people like that in our lives, or we run across and uh, give them a oh little my more. God. Just gonna spend a little less time around there. Sometimes I'm sure you get this too. Sometimes I'll get advice in a topic I know a lot about, like dentistry, from someone yes. who's not a dentist. I'm I know. Like, oh my god, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a hard stop at 3 p.m. my time, 4 p.m. Oh, your yeah. time. That's my fine. kids have a parent-teacher conference, but I got to get you back on, Norm. There's something about the way we're interacting that. I need to know more from you. But before you go today, yes. can you tell people, my audience, how they can find you? Is Instagram the best place where your stuff is on or how they can work with you? And Instagram seems to be the place I'm trying to get more familiar with. So if people want to reach out to me there, it's um, at Norm Ferguson 10, N-O-R-M-F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N-1-0. Um, or they could send me an email, normferguson10 at gmail.com. I love what you're posting on Instagram. Thank you. It, it doesn't show the real, true, genuine self that I've gotten to know. It doesn't do you justice because it's like 30-second minute clips, but you're the real deal. Oh, I man, know please. just talking to you that in your heart, you'll live a happy, successful life the more people you're helping. And people need to know that about you because you can't get that in a 30 second clip on Instagram. So please reach out to Norm just for a consultation to yeah, see if he can help talk. you out. Oh yeah. man, I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot because um, we, you know, we all wonder. You know, we all start to have doubts. Or are we? Am I doing the right thing? Are we doing? But you know, I appreciate that. Uh, that I actually, after we talked on Zoom, I think it was a month ago. I actually went home and told my wife that I'd be. I'll be interviewing you on my podcast. And I was like, he's just a regular, genuine guy. And I'm excited <laughs> for this. So I'm so appreciative of this. We'll cut the podcast now, but I'll email you again. I want to bring you on for a part two. I'd love to. All right. Thanks for your time, Norm. You're welcome. Take care. You too.